Hey, it's time for Movie Mastery. You know it's time. I know it's time. Jeff, do you know it's time? I, I know it's some kind of time. It's Movie Mastery time. Oh, I thought it might be finally the time that we go to the combination KFC and Taco Bell. <laughs> it's never that time. It's not, it's not that time right now? It is not. But, John, I want, you know, like a piece of chicken and a taco together at last. a piece of chicken in my taco. A pizza chicken? I want a pizza chicken. I want to go to the Pizza Hut Taco Bell. We have to go to the Pizza Hut KFC Taco Bell, of which there is one in all of San Diego. Yeah, it's where you go. You make a pilgrimage there. and you Well, get... you have to. It's out on the island. Yeah, it's out on the big island. It's out on Coronado. And you <laughs> it's it's to... out on Hawaii, the take big that... island of San Diego. Take that big-ass bridge to get out there. And then it's nothing but, like, military families, expensive restaurants, and the one KFC Taco Bell Pizza Hut. Yeah, well, I mean, it's expensive restaurants and then the ultimate combo restaurant. Yeah, so they only have to have one fast food joint on the island. Exactly. Although there is also a Wendy's. Well, yeah, you got to have a, a burger place as well. They should just mix it in, except that I don't think PepsiCo owns a burger place. That's a shame. They should really get themselves a burger place. Yeah, how hard is it? I mean, I can't imagine that Carl's Jr. is going for that much these days. <laughs> just make an offer. Yeah, but then you also got to buy that green burrito. <laughs> no, you'd, that's finally the chance to let that shit die. Let no. it die, and, and now it'll be Carl's Jr. Taco Bell. Let green burrito die. Kill it if you have to. <laughs> let green burrito fight. <laughs> let <laughs> uh so uh anyway john yeah it's time yeah okay it's it, boys and girls gather around it's time for movie mastery we are doing a movie that we just found out we were going to do today and now we're recording it's doa dead or alive Can that I, is the full title that's the full title dead or alive colon dead or alive <laughs> indeed no it's dead on arrival dead or alive so, well, this is a random role, and uh, it is based, yes, indeed, based on the video game of the same name, where it, the the game that had the realistic boob physics. Did you ever play DOA? I played the first one a little bit, and realistic is kind of a stretch. It's more like, what if boob physics were just hooked up to an equalizer than anything? Because they, they, it was more like the boobs were leisurely waving at you than they were actually, you know, jiggling in real yeah, time. Yeah, you'd, you'd jump with someone and they'd be like, hello, and they'd just wave at you. It was like low grav, just sort of whoosh, whoosh. Watching boobs in DOA, like the early games anyway, it was more like watching the tides come in and out than... Uh, than you can't explain that. <laughs> so uh, I played uh, the very first DOA a little bit because I was into super. I was in the arcade games hanging around doing a lot of fighting games at the time. Yeah. Uh, back when there were still arcades. And I did play Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball once because it was like I had a demo that came with a CD and a copy of Game Informer or something. I swear I must have had that too because... I can sort of remember playing it, and it was, yet I can't remember anything. It was astonishingly boring, is the thing. Nothing interesting happened in DOA Extreme Beach Volleyball. You no, just, you just dressed got to up. change swimsuits for people. Yeah, and then you had to like earn money to buy the more fancy swimsuits. Yeah, and it was just it was, there was like photo mode, and it was so pervy, and yet the graphics weren't good enough to justify it. Yeah, they're like, hey man, you want to perv out on these ladies? And I was like, nah, man, those look like blow up dolls. I'm good. That's uh, that's no bueno. Also, I got good volleyball games if I want to play a good volleyball game. There were good volleyball games? I don't know, probably. I never wanted to play one. I just knew they existed if I if did. If I wanted to play I, a good yeah, volleyball. I, 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 was, I thought I was pretty clear. I'd play FIFA volleyball. <laughs> probably a Mario volleyball game, right? There's got to be. You can play as like Princess Daisy or... I'm sure it's probably in one of those summer games compilation things. Ooh, the ones where you can get, like, Sonic in there, too? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. So Sonic Summer Games. Uh-huh. So, uh, anyway, yeah, we watched DOA, 
dead on on arrival, dead or alive. <laughs> now I got it in your head. <laughs> Day one, assholes. <laughs> uh, so uh, very video gamey, and uh, I guess you want to tell tell the people that we're going to start with just talking about the movie in general. Oh yeah, I mean, movie in general is. Have you ever seen the old Mortal Kombat movie? Then you've seen a better version of this. Yep, that's pretty much correct. Have you seen the second Mortal Kombat movie? Then you've seen the worst version of this. <laughs> Did you see the third Mortal Kombat movie? No one saw that. No one has seen that, and yeah. no one has seen this either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this kind of came and went with a whimper. Oh, God, and you know... It's got such star power. Oh my gosh. All the stars went out in the sky on the night that this came out, for they were all in Dead or Alive. Yeah, you had a Jamie Presley and an Eric Roberts. A Devin Aoki. Just, uh, just, oh, a Kevin Nash. Oh yeah, Kevin Nash up in there. Uh huh. Doing his goddamnedest. And then a bunch of people who they told us were famous because they were in various movies, including like National Lampoon's Pledge Week. Oh, oh, very good. That's great. We've got a. Some Australian pop star? I think so. I, I forget what her actual name is. Her, I can't. I also wouldn't be able to tell you which one she was. I assume Christy, because that was the only one that sounded remotely Australian. I guess it could have been either her or Helena, uh, but hard to say. Anyway, if you played these video games, get ready for us to not know anything about your beloved video game franchise. Because God knows I don't know anyone, and they were like, Oh, we have to set up the backstory of this character because you know it. And I'm like, I don't know who this is, and this is terrible. So if you want to watch a bunch of fights that are so cut together that you can't tell who's doing what, uh, and then a whole bunch of fights you don't actually get to see, they just happen in the background while other shit's happening. And a whole bunch of ladies getting dressed behind things. Oh my gosh, this movie is like 40% by weight, women getting dressed behind stuff. God, it's just a lot of, ooh, I'm a lady and I'm not wearing much. You know I'm naked on the other side of this thing I'm standing behind. Ugh. All right, you know what, fuck it. Let's, uh, let's get some music going, and then after that, we'll be back with our actual full spoiler review of DOA, Dead or Alive. So, DOA, Dead or Alive. Distant Ocelot Advancement. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, that's why they have to advance. They're distant. Yeah, they have to come to you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this opens with... Uh, Princess Kasumi. Princess Kasumi. Who, Kasumi. So, Kasumi gets her full name, including Princess, said about 11 times in the next three minutes uh, because of this dude, Hayabusa, who's like crazy for her junk. Or just actually for, not he's not like into her, he's just like I mean, he is. super dedicated to her royal name or whatever. Super dedicated to her royal job. So he's so she's played by Devon Aoki, who you'd remember as like the ninja girl that was in Sin City. <laughs> you'd remember as the ninja girl in literally everything. Yeah, any, she's also Did in Sin City too. Like the Wolverine. I, I, no, she's not in the Wolverine, but... But uh, she, but she, I think she might be in Sucker Punch. I don't. Know. But she's always the same thing. She plays a emotionless ninja. Yeah, or in this, a Shinobi. Uh, a Shinobi. <laughs> a Shinobi. Yeah, because it's S H I. It's S H E. Yeah, she's a mighty Shinobi. A class of ninjas that only existed in herstory. <laughs> exactly. She needs to go find her brother. 
who also left and became a Hinobi. Well, except that they call him a Shinobi. I don't know if that's just a misspelling or if they wanted to distance the the, the concept of the Shinobi from, you know, uh, other Shinobis, so they went with Shinobis. I think they were just like, well, ninja's got to have a thing that's like Ronin is to Samurai, so we'll just say Shinobi's that. Yeah, and we'll just add an E to that for fun and remove the first I. There we go. It's Shinobi and uh they are so the basic thing with her is that she has found out that her brother is like dead or missing or something uh she's being told this by hayabusa and they're like hey you gotta lead our clan and she's like fuck you i'm gonna go find the guy my brother hayate yeah if you if you didn't find a body then he's not dead yeah I'm like, that's not how that works and so she's like well i'm in charge of the clan so as the person in charge of the clan i declare that i am gonna go look for him and Hayabusa's like, you can't. If you go outside, the guards will kill you for going outside. That's a real weird thing to have for the leader of your clan. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I don't fucking care. So she goes outside, uh, and there's a whole bunch of guards out there, and they seem to all have flags. And none of them attack her. No. So she starts walking through the big group of, of guards who just kind of step out of her way. But wouldn't you know it, a purple-haired ninja lady shows up, and po- they point swords at each other. Uh... So this is Ayame, or Ayane. Ayami? Ayami? Is it Ayami? Whatever. She is a... Ayani? She is a lavender-haired ninja lady who looks a lot less Asian than Devin Aoki. <laughs> yep. I'm just... just They're from the I'm same... I'm just gonna throw that out there. Just just making that clear. I, maybe they're... But they both are, but they do not look... Real, maybe they're not related. I don't know. Maybe... Because it looks like she's her... This, no, this she one, was into her brother. Yeah. This is Devin Aoki's character, Kazumi's uh, brother, Haya, uh, Hayate's girlfriend. Yeah. And she's also a deadly sword ninja. Yeah. She's basically the only one who gets to use a weapon in this movie. Well, because she's not a member of the tournament. Exactly. She's just out there on Tournament Island. She's fucking, just out there. Fucking Fuck shit it. up. So she's the one who's the maddest about the notion of, of Kasumi leaving Which is her clan. Because you'd think she's like, I'm going to go see if I can find you know the person you love and make sure they're alive or dead. And she's like, you, know, you, cannot, or alive. you cannot go outside. I will kill you. <laughs> Uh, what's wrong john that wasn't a reference to anything <laughs> yep indeed she actually said the line exactly like that yeah uh and you know kasumi's like no I'm, I'm leaving i'm gonna i'm gonna go outside and so she like does a whole bunch of sword spins yeah like a, bunch have of, a nice nice fist to sword fight yeah and then uh kasumi steals a sword from one of the soldiers and does her own bunch of cool sword spins and then throws it and then runs along the backs of all the soldiers and uses the sword to catapult out of this this ninja castle but once she's in what looks like the fucking forbidden city that is i guess the clan that she is in has an entire full-on fucking castle way up on a huge cliff and then this is when we find out that this is all happening in modern times i mean we knew that anyway because ayame has like lavender fucking hair right down to the root she is pending some bank on keeping that done that way oh well you know this might have just been instead of happening in the real world or this time it happened in anime world it could have happened in cartoony land but we find out it's the modern day though because as kasumi falls off the cliff that her castle is built on the edge of apparently she strips out of her cool like robe stuff and she's wearing a cool skydiver outfit with a built-in retractable hang glider and that a fucking double-sided throwing knife flies at her yeah she catches it and wouldn't you know it it's got a little tv display in the middle that says you're invited kasumi to doa doa and she's like good good yes excellent (laughs) i i don't know why i am angry about this but 
I'm going to keep comparing this movie to Mortal Kombat. Please because do. Because obviously it's going to really beg that comparison. Uh, yeah, kind of. But the issue that I have with it is what they spend time on trying to establish seems very wasted in this movie. Because, like, if I didn't know what Mortal Kombat was at all, never played any of the games, didn't really know it, I knew it existed, that was it. Just like I do with this game. Mm -hmm. And I went into the Mortal Kombat movie, at least it explained what was going on and why this existed and, like, why people were showing up and what was going on and how this was established. They do very briefly mention what it is. Like, when when everybody gets onto an airplane a little later, there's, like, a woman who pops up and she's like, Hi, I'm, I'm the woman who's explaining this. This is a fighting tournament where every person is the best at their specific type of fighting. And whoever wins gets $10 million. I'm like, okay, but who... Who set this up? Where is this taking place well, we, that you're allowed to do a tournament where you can just murder people? I mean, technically, we get that answer, too. It was set up by some guy named Fame. Like, <laughs> well, the, and the sad thing about that is he's dead, which means he did not live forever. <laughs> yeah. Fame. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Fame. So some dude named Fame set the tournament up, and I assume he was just independently wealthy. And also because they show us on a map where DOA Island is, we know that it's pretty much extrajudicial waters and they can do whatever they want. I, I assume it's probably part of Micronesia? Maybe? But it's, I'm guessing it's privately owned. But anyway, after we finish up with Kazumi's dumb storyline and she gets the double-bladed shuriken thing and is like, yes, I will join DOA. Because one thing about this universe is everyone knows what DOA is. Oh, yeah. No one... Like, of all of our main characters who get this dumb double-bladed thing, no one looks at it and goes, the fuck is this? Yeah. Which is also why I was like, who set this up? Because everyone seems to know what it is. Yeah. And you would think that these people who are the best fighters in whatever they do, like, you could assume, okay, maybe they know what DOA is, but how long has this been going on? Because you'd think they'd be like, hey, wow, why haven't I been at this thing in previous years? Well, my guess is that Fame was the boss of the first DOA. So I'm, I'm guessing this is at least DOA 2. So at least two years. At least two. That's my that's my minimum. I'm going to say at least two. I'm going to guess. I'm not sure, but I'm thinking that when you get to the end of the first DOA, you got to fight a guy named Fame. Well, the thing is, the movie at one point says that Helena, like her dad was Fame, and now she's 21 and she can compete. And I... I feel like they said how long this has been around, that, like, now she's 21 and can compete. Yeah, but that would have required either one of us to be able to pay full and undivided attention to this film. Oh, yeah, that would have required me to put my phone down for even a moment, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> and I was pretty much locked onto the film, but it doesn't matter. This thing, ev this is like when you try and talk to the Flash and he's, like, vibrating his face real fast. Barry Allen, by the way. Barry Allen, who is the Flash? Barry Allen is the Flash. Yeah, but when you're talking to Barry Allen, who is the Flash? Yeah, and he's vibrating his face real fast, and you're like, I can't quite figure out who this is. I mean, I know he's Barry Allen. And I know he's the Flash, but but other than that, I can't put. But this, other than that, I can't put this together. He like it, vibrates his face really fast, and he's like, then he goes, "Sorry about that." And he takes off his mask, and he's like, "I am Barry Allen, by the way." Barry Allen, the Flash. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we cut to the next person to get their fun introduction before they uh, we, we have to go, they go to DOA Island. This is Jamie Presley of <laughs> you know my name is Earl and Poison Ivy and a few other things. Uh, she, she didn't play Poison Ivy in a Batman thing. I, I mean, know. She, she's from the softcore porn thriller Poison Ivy. Oh, good. Um, so she is, what was her name? Uh, Kate? Uh, she's, no, she's uh, Tina Armstrong. Tina, Tina, thank you. Uh, the wrestler, because Kasumi is like the ninja that you can play as. God, and the, the graphics for this, after everyone gets their little sword thing, it like does a three-panel repeat of shots we've seen of them, and then it's like, Kasumi. 
ninja shinobi assassin. Yeah, it was like shinobi ninja princess. And then we get Tina, who has to fight some pirates who are trying to steal her yacht. One of them is played by Lu- the guy who played Liu Kang. Yeah, the pirates were coming up and like, wait, wait a minute, that's Liu Kang. No, go back, you're in the wrong movie. <laughs> Get out of here, Liu Kang, it's not too late. No, no, you were in one of the good ones of these. Yeah, so... Well, I mean, one as of. good as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> he was in as good as it gets? Oh, yeah, it was Jack Nicholson and Liu Kang. Liu Kang gets naked in a hot tub with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> And then thick, ropey streams. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, she, Jamie Presley is hanging out on her giant yacht. Uh, she's doing, like, pull-ups and stuff. And then she gets a phone call from her dad. And coming in over the, the speakerphone is very clearly Kevin Nash. And Kevin Nash is like, hey, honey, you, I gotta, you go to the tournament. You can come do wrestles. You yeah. can wrestle with me. And she's like, I don't want to do wrestles, Dad. I'm I'm a real fighter. I'm not a wrestles fighter. I Wrestling wa- is I fake. I don't want wrestles fighting. I'm dropping kayfabe. I want a reals fight. Yeah. And then some pirates show up, and they threaten her, and she threatens them back, and then she comically beats them all up. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, she's like, you know, oh, then, then the shuriken shows up and hits her boat, and she's like, yeah, I'm in the fight after all. It looks like I'm going to the ball after all. I mean, to be clear, Tina is the wrestler fighter. She doesn't wrestle, really. She throws high kicks and stuff. And, and and does spinny punch moves that make her boobs shake around because wrestling would be DOA. R- wrestling would be tricky and teaching people they have one fun fight coordinator. Yeah, I mean honestly, the only fight where that even remotely occurs is when she's fighting Kevin Nash. Yeah. So okay, so she. Which, gets, oh my God! Spoiler alert for later. I yeah, ruined the whoops. surprise. Honestly, it's it's not a spoiler unless you point out that she brutally decapitates her dad. <laughs> Which, if she did, that would be interesting. Yeah. But she no. D- decapitates for, him. For a game called Dead or Alive, there's not really a whole lot of dead people in this. No. Like, at I, least Mortal Kombat was like, oh, yeah, motherfuckers die. That's what happens. This is pretty PG overall. I mean, it, it, there's there's one topless fight that's kind of fun to watch, but other than that, this movie's very bloodless for a movie that's got a lot of swords in it. Yeah. And even when people, like, hit someone with a sword and they go flying, like, oh, you didn't even cut their shirt. Like, nothing has happened. Yeah, it's you one put of... the sword in front of them and then that made them go fly away from you. You know what kind of movie this is we're describing now because that happens all the time in movies where it's like the bloodless katana fight. Yeah. Where it's like, I've got a sword and I hit you with it and I drag it across your belly and then you fall down and there's no blood. Yeah. So anyway, that's the story of, of Tina, who is definitely going to go into the fight as a wrestleman. Uh, which it's so weird that her dad is there too, because you think they're both the wrestlemans, and so they can't both be the best in their field at wrestlemaning. But maybe they have different kinds of wrestles. I have to assume that it's because Tina was like, "I'm not a wrestlesman anymore. I'm a real fighter." And then they were like, "Well, I guess you're the best at fake fighting, and you're the best at real fake fighting." <laughs> so, uh, okay, we have to cut to Christy. She is in Hong Kong. She's another forgettable blonde lady uh she is our australian pop star i believe probably and her fighting style is super spy i think she's an assassin yeah because they say that tina's fighting style is is greatest american wrestler or something like it's that just professional wrestler yeah but christy so christy is hanging out in the hotel peking 
where she has just stolen some diamonds or something, taken a shower, and when she opens up the shower door, oh, no, there's police out there. They want to arrest her. Oh, yeah, she's got to be interviewed by the police while she's just wearing a towel. Mm-hmm, two towels. <laughs> because there's one point where she removes the towel seductively and still has a towel on. It's towels all the way down. <laughs> so... So she does a thing where she gets dressed, and this is, our, I think, our second occasion of this. She gets dressed underneath a towel, so you can tell she's naked under there. She's like, ah, can you hand me my panties? So she puts her panties on under her towel. Then she asks for her bra. The police officer tries to hand her her bra with his gun. In the dumbest thing I've ever seen, he's like, oh, let's see, I've got a hand free, and I've got a gun in one hand. I better pick up the bra by the strap with the gun and hand her the bra using the gun. And, of course, she does a bunch of high-kickity flippy flips. Kicks the gun out of his hand and yeah. then kicks people and loses the, the towel and is... Oh, topless, just yeah. tits a, a free, but you don't see anything. No, of course not. You just see the side booby. Yeah, because uh, the, the bra has gone flying into the air, and after she beats the shit out of everyone, she gets to do that thing where like, she puts her hands up and then the bra just sort of like falls into place is that something you can do ladies if any of you ladies are capable of throwing a bra into the air and then holding your hands up such that the straps drop down neatly around them uh, i mean i would think it would just sort of settle on top of her breasts instead of like oh it went down and then like actually went under and cupped yeah the underwire got into position and everything yeah I was like <laughs> that's not that's not how that works i was gonna finish that off with you know ladies can any of you do that and then i was like but don't tell me though because i don't want to know that information if I've, I know that, that's forbidden. Info. Well, no, it's beca- it, it, then I'd be like, hey, ladies, contact me about your bras. And I, I don't want to be... And I'm not Howard Stern. I don't want to be that podcaster. So so don't tell me. I just would like to prefer to assume that it can't be done. Ladies, <laughs> please tell me about your bra spinning techniques. Uh, Liz, how Are any that? of you bra ninjas? Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll also accept an answer from that guy from Pathfinder who spent a day trying to... Uh, whip a mouse into his hand to test the weapon cord feet. Look, I spent an entire day trying to put a bra on by throwing it in the air, and I couldn't, so yeah. it's impossible. That's why it's a standard action instead of a swift action, <laughs> unless you take the feet. Uh. So that's me. I'm that guy. And uh, we also learned from this that she had a partner that ratted her out. Yes, which she, she susses out by talking to the police officer or whatever. But then after she's done beating up all these dudes, she escapes from the building by beating up a guy in an elevator and stealing his clothes. Uh, and then once she gets outside, wouldn't you know it, a big two-bladed thing flies out of the sky and smacks in front of her and invites her to DOA. Yeah, she's driving away in some motorcycle and she's like, ooh, yeah. And she's all excited about it. I'm like, why is her her fighting style is thief this is a weird one yeah no i mean when we get the incredibly shitty graphic it says she's a professional thief assassin yeah which i guess she (laughs) multi-classed well she could be an acrobat thief that was a single class back in like oh yeah she's an acrobat thief assassin yeah (laughs) maybe she's a dual class but yeah i mean it's not like she does any assassinating in this movie she just does kicks no the fact that they put assassin on her little title card for what she is i was like Really? Because she didn't kill anyone and doesn't. Yeah. So, okay, that's enough famous people. There aren't anyone else who gets their own special introduction. At this point, we cut to all these ladies are on a plane, and so are a bunch of other ladies and dudes and and people. Yeah, and they're all hanging out on a plane, and we get the little intro video from Helena, who's like, hey, everybody, I'm your host, and... You're here to fight for $10 million. Helena looks like she's introducing an MTV Beach House Spring Break event. It is very true. It just pops up. Hey, y'all. I hope you're excited for the Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Weekend broadcast live on MTV. Woo! 
all right, let's kick it over to Carson Daly. <laughs> Carson Daly in there. Uh, yeah, I'm here with Common. <laughs> and uh, and of course we're going to discuss the uh, the upcoming uh, spring break event. I I do not wish to discuss that, Carson. <laughs> Carson, no. Why am I here, Carson? <laughs> no, Carson. I'm a serious rapper. I don't, this is I was a bad choice. How dare you? <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. We're going to connect connect here, this over. We're to- back with John Legend. <laughs> Shoot. Why does this keep happening? Carson, here now, no. Here now with the cast of Jurassic 5. <laughs> Charlie Tuna, all, I do not wish to participate in this. No, this is not going to happen. <laughs> Fine. We're going to call in Massive Bow Wow. <laughs> Guys, we've got Massive Wayne here. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got Massive Romeo. <laughs> uh, okay, so... They're all on the plane, and we get to see a whole bunch of characters who you have to assume are probably dead or alive fighting characters, because they all get little introductions with their names flashed across the bottom of the screen. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll at least say this. For the character of Zack, which I've never played DOA, but I know that he is a character, because they went out of their way to make this guy look like a fighting game character. Oh, yeah, he's got like a little green... Like, like tiny mini mohawk? Yeah, wait, stuck way up front. It looks like he's like a claw hammer or a bottle opener or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it really looks like the kind of fin scoop you'd have on like a helmet if you were the Rocketeer. Yeah, it kind of looks like he had a he had a quarter pipe that he that a kid built to keep in their own like driveway. Just a model of that was just glued to his forehead, yeah, spray painted green. A half pipe for ants on top of his head. <laughs> it's pretty much it. What is this? A half pipe for ants? It looks like he suffered a horrible accident as a child where someone threw a door stopper at him so hard it got stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he also has a little like goatee mustache thing going on that also, is also green. <laughs> yeah, Zach's a pretty great character. It's a shame he's not as ra- he's not as big of a deal in the movie. As I mean, he could I'm be. gonna I'm gonna say right now, I was fucking rooting for Zach the entire movie because he's the only one that looked interesting. Yeah, you've also got Kevin Nash, who's just there as Kevin Nash in a cowboy hat. He's with like, a- hi, I'm Kevin Nash. I think my name is I don't know something else. Anyway, it's probably Adam Smasher or something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I'm a well, big, I'm I mean, a, his last name is Armstrong, because Tina's name was Armstrong. Oh, that's right. So his name is probably like... Uh, Flex Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beef Armstrong. <laughs> My name's Neil Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's me, Neil Armstrong, and I'm here DOA. First wrestler on the moon. Brother, <laughs> when I get to the moon, I'm going to suplex it. It was me, the moon. <laughs> it was me the whole time. <laughs> So yeah, (laughs) god damn it. Okay, so yeah, we get that. We get some very generic Asian fighters. It's like yeah, there's but you know that they're characters from the game because they have cool names like Lao Fei and Jen Fu. Oh yeah, and you get them and you're like, what is this? Oh, I'm the old Asian guy that's in this game. And you've got the the, the girl one that's like a Chun-Li, kind of. She has the, the hair bows on the side, and she's wearing the Chinese dress. And you know they're going to be gone just instantly, because none of them are introduced. Yeah. They all just sort of like sit on the plane and are like, ha-ha, yes. <laughs> I am also here. And the only time we learn their name is when they get to the island and they do the full introductions of everyone. Yeah. Which, uh, this is great, because Helen is telling them how the island works. She's like, okay, so this is the rules. Anyone can fight anyone at any time when they're on the island. You never know. You'll be randomly assigned fights. And you can fight however you want, but no weapons. Uh, Also, the winner gets $10 million. Also, the only way to get to the island is to bail out of the airplane right the fuck now. Right now, you have to go. There's there's parachutes under your seats. You gotta go, go, go. Yeah, if you're not to the temple by sundown, you're out of the tournament. Yep. Which would be great if no one made it, and they're like, huh. 
Yeah, that was kind of a bummer. I was expecting that as soon as they, they announced that, people would try and kill each other on the drop to try and DQ people, you know? Oh, yeah. Just like you're going past and you just snip someone's wires on their parachute and be like, ah, fuck you. Ah, <laughs> see you at the tournament, dumbass. But instead, what happens is most of the people who jump out of the planes disappear, and the three main ladies arrive at the wrong spot all together and all at once, so they have to climb up a big tower. Yep, a big buddha tower thing Mm -hmm. and oh it's almost sundown and oh they're gonna have to work together they don't want to though no they don't like each other at all and you can tell this buddha tower thing they arrived at is important because lord knows it's the scene of like half the movie (laughs) yep i have to assume this is definitely one of the places you fought at yep so they start climbing the tower separately but it's funny because some of them are like free climbing by just jumping up the stair, the, the levels and so on. But Jamie Presley's Tina has clearly just found a fence because she's just climbing a fucking fence. <laughs> Everyone else is like doing weird flips and shit. She's like, hey, there's a ladder. Hey, there's a chain link fence. I, I'm I, I'm just going to climb this. Hey, guys, <laughs> I, I don't I don't have cool flip powers. I'm just this. It's very impressive how much you how much upper body strength you guys have to be able to do all those like floaty splits moves. But I'm going to climb this fence. <laughs> I know you're like doing a backflip from one level to the next higher level mm-hmm. and that's cool but i'm climbing this fence yeah so they do this for a while but then they realize it's getting dark and they won't make it and all three will be disqualified for the tournament if they don't work together so they do they team up and they throw one lady and then she rolls backwards and catches the, th- the second lady and blabbity blah yeah this movie has a lot of the main characters are all friends now. Mm-hmm. Like, after this opening scene, it doesn't seem like anyone gives a shit about this tournament because everyone's like, Teehee, you're my buddy. Let's sleep in the same bedroom and I'm gonna have give tickle you a, fights. I'm going to give you a massage. Yeah. That kind of thing. Everyone, everyone in this movie is just like, oh, Teehee tickle parties. We're here for $10 million, which, how, how are you paying for this? Who is paying for this? Oh, I know it's fame, fame. What, fame. Whatever was independently very wealthy, and he left it in the good hands of his friend Victor B- Boober, whatever. That, whatever. There's no cameras here. There's no. There's audience. cameras everywhere. People. No. Are, I'm not saying like broadcast. Oh, okay, no yeah. one is watching this. No, that that is true. Which no one, means you're not making money off of it. It's just once a year, some rich guy was like, you know what sounds good. $10 million gone, just well, down the shitter. I mean, we'll discover the secret subplot to all of this as we make our way through the movie, but but yeah, the initial idea of what this island is is quite stupid. Yeah. Uh, so the three the three women managed to get to the top of this tower after a brief mishap where part of the landscape that they're climbing up just collapses underneath them. Get ready for that. This island is made out of the shittiest plaster. Well, I think it's because at least... In some of the later DOAs, the whole point was like, oh, we have a destructible environment, I'm so sure. we can like kick you through a wall, and then you go to a different level to fight in. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's what's happening. But but uh, Kasumi falls off the tower thing, and they, they catch her uh, by doing like a human chain. But while she's at the bottom of the human chain, oh no, she sees her nemesis, Ayame, that purple-haired lady we mentioned earlier. Yeah, she sees purple hair, and purple hair will come in at some point. There's yeah. a lot of, I caught a glimpse of purple lady, mm. and then nothing. Yeah. So they get to the top, and Helena comes out to greet them, and she's like, unfortunately, you're the last to arrive, but I'll take you to everyone else. It doesn't mean anything. She just says it that way. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're the last to arrive. That's too bad. I mean, you're still in the tournament, and nothing bad has happened, but anyway. Yeah. So she takes them to the rest, and they get, they all get to meet Eric Roberts. 
And he's uh, like, hi, I'm Eric Roberts. You might remember me from a talking cat. <laughs> I'm in a variety of movies, including more than one David Dakota film. <laughs> Weird, right? Anyway. Because he did a talking cat, and he also did D.B. Cooper versus Bigfoot. Yep. So, uh, boy, howdy. Yeah, he's a, he, he will do anything for any amount of money. Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. Get him in your film. Get him in your film. We should get him a guest on this podcast. I wonder how much it would cost. Uh, I mean, it can't be much. No. Folks, let's add that to the Patreon. Uh, at two thousand dollars, we will we will figure out what it costs to recruit uh, Eric Roberts. We won't do it. We'll just do the research. Oh yeah, we'll figure it out, and yeah. then and then we'll at, set the actual goal. And then at twenty five hundred dollars, we'll contact him. Not uh-huh. to be no, on no, the no. show. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just reach him. out. We'll just say hi, just to say hi. I, I would love to know who his his agent is. Oh, I'm sure if you go to Whore Presence, you'll find out. Ah, yeah, Whore Presence. Maybe we could f- set up a meeting with him out on pe- uh, Penis Land. <laughs> yes, indeed. So uh, okay. Eric Roberts is like playing Victor or something or other, yeah, whatever. Victor Freeze. Generic bad guyman. Uh, he is wearing a big old heavy yellow robe and looks ridiculous. And he gives us a lot of exposition. He's like, yes, my, my best friend, Fame, built this island. And when he died, I took over. And that's why we're going to have this rad tournament where I get to watch who fights who. Tomorrow, you're all going to get a, a super important physical you have to get. And then it's basically a weird MTV party on the island unless you're fighting someone. Yeah. You've all got these little like wristwatch things and at any point it could beep and show you who you're supposed to fight but up until that point you're pretty much just having a weird beach vacation uh-huh it's very very weird yeah i mean again at least in mortal Kombat, even the protagonists were like no fuck you i'm gonna win yeah like there was some competition there Everyone in this is like ten million dollars. Teehee, I just want to have fun. Except for the the, uh, the our thief assassin Christy, who wants to steal the ten million dollars, but also fight in the tournament. Oh yeah, and her uh, boyfriend slash partner that sold her out is also there, and it's Max. Yeah, that's Max, and he's a minor character, but he's there. Don't even worry about he it. He wants money, and yeah. he's like, how how would you like to get more than ten million? How about a hundred million dollars. Like, great. Okay, that would be cool. And he's Why like, "Good. There's great. millions of dollars here. We're gonna steal it." And then she's like, "Stop talking. I want you to do something else with your mouth." Which is stop talking. Leave the room. I want you to leave the room with your mouth. Figure it out by your mouth. I want you to walk out lips first. <laughs> no, she just sleeps with him because that's her character. She just she sleeps with this Max dude. Uh, and then uh, the next morning we get started on all the fun fight tech. Oh, I'm sorry. First we have to do the the doctor visit where they give big shots to everybody that are full of nano tennis balls. Yeah, little tennis balls go through the bloodstream. And we haven't mentioned very much, but oh my god, every time there's any CGI in this, it is real bad. Because yeah, all the the intro scenes where it shows like the people's little title card thing is it looks like. What you would use on one of those, like, ah, oh, this is American Ninja Warrior, and now, shing, coming up next. <laughs> like, the Super Bowl has better CGI than this. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, but it's amazing because they use these these CGI moments all the way throughout the film in what are very clearly cuts to commercial. Yeah, the movie every is- time, like, a beat stops for, like, oh, we finished this fight, and now it's time to move on to whatever the next thing is, it does this, like, DOA, shing. Mm-hmm. And then they, they might as well do another one to bring you back in because it's so clearly a commercial break. Yeah. This movie uh, was made for TV, even though this thing definitely went to theaters. Yep. This was, they knew making this, they're like, oh, 
oh, this is garbage, and the only way anyone is going to see this is when it plays on, like, TBS or some shit. Yeah, or if, say, for example, someone hosts a dumb podcast with a terrible <laughs> idea for the structure of it. Yeah, if yeah. that ever happens. Yeah, no one would ever be dumb enough to do that. But, but you know, God forbid if someone did start a podcast where they watch things recommended to them by random internet weirdos. I mean, maybe if there's an entire podcast about the DOA series in general called Dumb or Alive... <laughs> <laughs> but that's foolish, and no, we, we don't even need to worry about that. That's less than 1% of the population is starting their own podcast about Dead or Alive. Yeah, about 1% of the population yeah. has their own podcast. Look to your left, look to your right, now look in 97 other directions. One of those people has a Dead or Alive podcast. One of them. There's, <laughs> there is at least... 60 million Dead or Alive podcasts out there. <laughs> well, some of them could be more than one person sharing a podcast. There could be one podcast about Dead or Alive with 60 million people on it. Oh, yeah. There's an entire nation that does a Dead or Alive podcast out there. <laughs> and you've got to find it. French Guiana. <laughs> okay, so, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the, after everyone gets their shots that are full of evil nanomachines, we finally get to start to see the wheels under all this shit. There's a nerd named Weatherby who's a real nerd. Oh, Weatherby. He likes ladies, but he's a nerd. He's got a crush on Helena, but he'll never be able to talk to her because she's Weatherby the nerd. Oh, no. She's so pretty, and I'm so pretty, but I've got glasses on. <laughs> he's Matthew Marsden. He's hot as hell. Yeah, the, the fact that they're like here you're gonna be basically that stereotype from movies where it's the girl has glasses and a ponytail and then she takes that off and then is gorgeous mm -hmm. that's you you're doing that as a dude yep so uh so that's the thing uh <laughs> Uh, he is hanging out in a secret command center with with Eric Roberts, who is running data out of all the fighters based on these nanobots that he, he injected into their bloodstream. Yeah. So he's like, well, I'm going to watch them fight, and I'll study the data that their nanobots send back. We'll see all of the muscle movements that they do. All of their moves will be recorded. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, all right, so... What we should do is start up all these fightings, and so we're going to send out this person to attack this person. We're going to have Jen Fu fight Li Fang, and no one gives a shit. The we fight happens in like that fight. Yeah, it's like it takes two seconds, and we'll just cut to it. Well, because they they get rid of like everybody on the island here. This is like how they eliminate everybody but the four main characters. Yeah, because Helena, by the way, counts as a main character, and so does Hayabusa. I guess there's like twelve people or so maybe 16 to start with and they go to the next eight and it's just let's get rid of everyone who isn't a main character and then maybe like two more people well there's a few bad guys as well that get names there's like leon and bayman oh bayman so, so i'm bayman i'm bayman <laughs> criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot i must become a guy in a orange vest I, I must drive a cone. I, be I must become the thing they fear most. Michael Bay. The Bay. <laughs> the Bay. That movie about, like, parasites that take over your tongue or whatever. That's me. I'm Bay Man. <laughs> I, I go around and I show people the Bay. I vaguely remember that movie, even though it had almost nothing to do with Cyothera Exigua or whatever those fucking things are called. Uh, really, I it was just a terrible movie. It was just real bad, and I'm sorry. Awful found footage. Okay, so uh, anyway, uh, we get a, we get rid of a bunch of fights here. We also the one pr one main character who doesn't get a fight all day long on the first day is Kasumi, because she's just wandering around the island because this is where her brother disappeared and she's feeling sad. I mean, you have to assume she's feeling sad. She, pretty much, she has to tell us she's feeling sad because Devin Aoki 
doesn't have a face that functions. Her, she has a, a very pretty face that cannot move. Yeah, like, she should basically go around with just a sign that says current emotion. Yeah, she should just walk around with that pain scale doctors have and just point to it for you. Because <laughs> she's always in pain, obviously. She's always in certain amounts of pain, yeah. But she is the stone-faced. There's a reason that she plays silent killers in every other movie you've ever seen her in. That's what she's good at. Yeah, I think twice in this movie, she smiles and you're like, holy shit, she can move her face. Yeah, there's a split second during the the volleyball scene, which is stuffed into this, where she's genuinely happy because she's having a fun time playing volleyball. And I was like, holy shit, she can smile. I thought her face was broken. (laughs) Oh, no. So she doesn't get in a fight all the first day long, but everyone else does, and they all beat their opponents. So I I couldn't even tell you who everyone beats. Including... Fucking Max beats Bayman by kicking his shoes off at him. Well, his first fight is with Zack, and he passes by faking an injury. Yeah. Which means he gets to go into a second round somehow. We don't even know what's going on Oh, with yeah, that. he gets a bye. Yeah. So, uh, but we don't even see that fight. He's just like, oh, I had to fight Zack. I feigned an injury so he could move on. But he, I get to stay on the island and keep looking for the hundred million dollars. Yeah, and he does fight Bayman and beats him by kicking shoes off into his nuts and face. Yes, that also happens, but I don't think that's an officially sanctioned ball, brawl. 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 Bra, bra, bra. That's, that's not, not a Barbara. That's not an officially sanctioned bratwurst. That is not an officially sanctioned Barbara. Yeah, so he does get in a fight with Bayman, though. Bayman is a big stoic muscle dude. Both of the big stoic muscle dudes in this movie have the superpower of, you know, super armor from video games where you can kick them and they're just like, I don't care. That's my thing. I don't, I don't care if I, you hit me. I don't care about being kicked, but I do not get like get, receiving shoes thrown at my nuts. Yeah, you can kick me in the face and I'll just move my head back into place and be like, smile. Ugh. But if you throw a shoe at my nuts, I will immediately fall to the floor and die. Yeah. So that's my glowing red weak spot, apparently. But all three of the, uh, or, or sorry, two of the other women just get into a fight with a random dude named like Jesse or like Rage or some dumb thing like that, and just casually beat them up, and it's not a big deal, and they move on. Uh, Kasumi has to fight Leon. Yeah, the next morning, Kasumi has to fight. Leon's getting larger. Leon is the other giant muscle dude on the island, and this is his only fight. And his arms make gun noises when yes. he moves them. His arms make gun noises. Which I was like, wait, isn't that a Tekken guy? Yeah, I, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I thought that was like, what was it, Brian or something from uh, Tekken? Gunjack. Gunjack, that's right. Uh, he Brian, looks like Gunjack. Yeah, he does, except he doesn't have guns for arms. He just has, you know, big, big arms for arms. He's, uh, Brian he is, is jacked. Brian in Tekken is the one who's a zombie, I think. Maybe? Yeah, well, he's my favorite character to play. His his full name is Brian Fury, and I think he's dead. I think he's an undead zombie. I mean, he might be at this point in Tekken lore. I'm going all the way back to Tekken 2, I think. That was when I first started to really like him. All right. Or Tekken 3. I don't know. Whichever one had the dinosaur farting around in Tekken 3, he just had, like, a robot arm. And how could you beat him? Uh, Yeah, he had a robot arm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... But no, Tekken 3, whatever the game was where you could play as that doctor who couldn't even stand up, but he had to move around the stage by farting, and you could also play as a little cartoon dinosaur. Oh, Brian, yeah. Brian Fury is my favorite character in that one. Great. So That might be two or three. I don't could, know. It could be any number of them. I loved Eddie. I Give loved, me that capoeira, man. I loved Eddie, and I also loved his alternate costume where he was Tiger, oh. and he was like a disco man. That was great shit. Huh? So anyway, uh, they all get in fights. And then Kasumi has to fight Leon, who apparently, according to Eric Roberts, defeated her brother. But her brother was the master of acupuncture, and there's no way that would happen. We get to see a backstory shot of her brother getting into a fight because she had been captured. 
Uh, she was all tied up in some random gazebo somewhere, and her brother shows up, throws a big box of needles into the room, and then jumps in there and does a bunch of flips while grabbing needles out of the air and acupuncturing people into paralysis. Yep. It's actually a cool-looking fight, but you know it, it would not translate very well to DOA, where weapons are against the rules. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's this thing where she's like, oh, but he's the best fighter, and I'm just thinking, yeah, but all we've seen from him is fighting with a sword or acupuncture needles. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's kind of shit if he's just bare hand. To be fair, she cheats a lot. Every time she has to get to fight, she just starts picking up whatever's in the room and throwing it and swinging it around. Yeah, I so, mean, to be fair, they're like, oh, we're going to start a fight, and you're fighting in some bedroom somewhere, so hey, look, there's furniture. Yeah, so basically, Leon shows up to attack her, and she's way eager to get into this because she wants to see if this dude is dangerous enough to kill her brother. So she gets in a fight with him, and they just go crashing through a bunch of like hotel rooms. Yep including Max and Christie's hotel room, where they were trying to get boned down. Oh, they had boned down. Yeah, but now they're just watching this fight, this big, stupid fight that goes on for a long time, and eventually, Kasumi... Like, kicks him out a window. Yeah, she hasn't even won yet, and she's like, you can't be the one who beat my brother, you suck. And then she kicks him out a window. You are balls, goodbye. Yeah, and at this point, this is one of my... This is a dumb thing. They they get this data from Kasumi. Eric Roberts is all like thrilled about it, and he's like, "Okay, there's only one fight left that needs to happen. Let's set up a battle between Jamie Presley's Tina and her dad. It's a father daughter grudge match, except they like each other. Yeah, there's no grudge here. Yeah, like he goes to fight her, walks into the room, and Christy is in Tina's room because the fight just went through Christy's room. She's like, "Thanks for letting me stay here because my bedroom's all fucked up because there was a fight happening in it." Yeah, she's like, "Oh, no problem." And the dad comes in, and I love that he's like. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't realize you had special company. Oh, I'll go. You two enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's great because he starts by going whoa, but then he cu- catches himself and he's super cool. He's a good dad. Oh yeah, he's like, look, if that's what you want to do, I'll support you 100. percent Yeah. You know what? We'll fight tomorrow. You two have fun. Yeah, you two have a great time, and I will not disturb you further. Uh, good night, miss. And she's like, my name's Christy. And he's like, oh, that's great. Her name's Christina. She just goes by the Tina part. Dad. Oh, you two are a great couple. And then he leaves, and I'm like, thank you. Fucking for a movie that had to have come out in, like, the mid-90s for this. This is way later than you think it is. This is from, like, 2008. Oh, my God. That makes me real sad that they <laughs> waited until 2008 to make a DOA movie. <laughs> Uh, fine. I was going to give this super great credit for being like, not only is he fine with it, but they don't go to like, ooh, like, ladies. I think, I think they try to have both parts, because there's no part where he's like, ooh, ladies touching ladies. But there's a scene where where uh, Tina has to kind of bluster her way through, and she's like, Dad, we're just sleeping together. No, I think I understand that. No, I no, get it. No, no, Dad, we're just sleeping in the same bed, and, and, and uh, Christy has to be like, well, you know, this would make a lot more sense if you just slept naked like I do. I'm naked under this blanket. Oh. Naked. And, and But thankfully, Kevin Nash is there to save the day, but to just be like, hey, whatever you guys do is great. Have fun. I don't care. You two enjoy your lives how you want to live them. Somehow I'm still going to get grandkids. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Kevin Nash, I'm out. Yeah, and that's what happens. And then so they agree to fight the next morning, which I guess Tina forgets because the next morning she's out getting a free massage and acupuncture from Kasumi on a weird raft. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Nash is like, oh, hey, I, I'm not interrupting again, am I? Hey, does Christina know about her? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're a good dad. <laughs> he's a good dad. But it turns out he's just there to fight. And so they have a dumb fight, which weirdly happens with tina setting the rules of the fight yeah she's like look we're gonna fight on my raft and the first one into the water loses and no one's 
I, I was expecting a loudspeaker to be like, no, you have to knock someone unconscious. I, we, we established the rules to begin with. It's we, unconscious or dead. We had this conversation. You can't just make up rules. It was yesterday I told you this. Come on. And Kasumi's like, wait, can we just make up rules? Uh, the first person to be Kasumi wins the $10 million. Whoop. Hey, hey. <laughs> what do you know? Also, she gets her brother back. A- and a pony. <laughs> ah, too late. I was already Kasumi before you. D- no. Shoot. <laughs> So the two of them have a fun wrestle fight on the raft where they just sort of do wrestle moves with each other and eventually Tina gets mad and punches and kicks her dad a bunch and pushes him off the raft. The end. Hooray. And he's super happy to lose. Yeah, he like pops up out of the water and gives a big thumbs up and he's Good all like, job. yeah! You know, it's it's super... Uh, Kevin Nash disappears from the movie at this in this stage. And that's the worst thing that happened to this movie because he outside is... Outside of the, being made. He is so great in this, in this minor role he has as a wrestle man in this movie. He is the saving grace of this movie. Mm-hmm. Once he's gone, you pretty much have to rely on Zach to be the saving grace. And Zach's a little pushy with the women. Yeah. So there's Zach's, a- Zach's like, hey, sexy mama, why don't why don't you and me get to know each other? And of course he gets shut down a lot. He's constantly going after Tina. Mm-hmm. And constantly getting rejected, but he never takes no for an answer. Uh, until he needs to DJ, and then he's like, Great. Yeah, but this is the funny thing. He comes right after this scene, he comes after her in a hot tub. Although this is how Leon dies, I forgot we we missed this. Oh yeah. Well, when Leon's when Leon is still attacking Kasumi, Zach is hitting on Tina in a hot tub, and he's like, "Hey, baby, we should get to know each other. Hey, eat this moose I brought with me. You know, like chocolate moose. He doesn't have yeah, like a eat fu- this entire moose <laughs> I brought with me. A moose. <laughs> <laughs> I I never traveled to an island in the middle of the Pacific without a moose. Look, I may look weird, but I'm a full blooded Canadian, <laughs> and I don't go anywhere without a moose and poutine. <laughs> so. And the only thing I'm missing is a beaver. But this is this is hilarious because nice by the way. Yeah, you uh, get it because yeah. because Tina's like, all right, fine, we'll play. Take off your clo- uh, take off your pants and give me your clo- or your close your eyes. And so he does that, and then Tina gets out of the pool, and then Leon falls on him from like fifty feet in the air. And I'm like, how did she could have set that up? She didn't know there was a fight happening. Well, no, her whole prank was I'm gonna leave with your swimming trunks so you're naked and ooh you have to walk back to your room naked it's a great prank but i don't think it was going to work on zach i think that dude's gonna oh, swing. zach would just like come out of the pool and be like whatever huh look at this check out my wild green pubes <laughs> look everyone i'm swinging green dong <laughs> i've got a green dong and you know my pubes are hardened into a little green mohawk that looks like a door stopper oh yeah i got the another same, one of those the same hairstyle on his head is shaved <laughs> into his pubes some people have a landing strip i've got a skateboard ramp i've got the other half of my half pipe <laughs> <laughs> yep that's what it is so uh but anyway leon, uh, leon almost kills him by falling on him instead yeah so, at this point, we're down to the semifinals. I think there's like eight fights left or something. Yeah, because uh, we have to have Tina fight Zach. But Tina's- first, we have to do volleyball. Yeah, but first, it's volleyball day. Because DOA volleyball exists, so we have to have a good 20 minutes of this movie dedicated to volleyball. And, of course, by volleyball, what we really mean is close-up shots of the uh, labia majora of all four of the main characters. <laughs> I mean, yes, there's bathing suits in I the mean, way. I mean, yes, the labia menorah as well. Well, you don't get to see. Those are so far removed from the action. Oh, yeah. Well, every time it's Hanukkah, I like to get out the labia menorah. <laughs> Wait, there's seven of these? Oh, damn. <laughs> seven vaginas. <laughs> seven vaginas. Uh, okay, so, but yeah, I mean, it's just a bunch of close-up shots of their crotches and boobs. <laughs> Because all it's all four of our mates, Helena and the other three mains, in their bathing suits, playing some volleyball and giving each other high fives and diving into that sand. And it, and there's fun music playing. There's a DJ there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's straight up just spring break. 
You have Zach who's calling the game. Yeah, he jumps up on a lifeguard tower and starts calling the game. Yeah, and for some reason, they have cards with giant numbers on them ready to go for yeah, this. being held by yet more bathing suit babes. By the way, the island has about a thousand disposable ninja dudes all over it. There are so many people on this island that just aren't fighters, but aren't like at any of the fights. Mm-hmm. It just feels like they did come down from their little uh, tournament area and just went into spring break. And no one realized. Uh, okay, so they play volleyball for about 20 minutes. Then a, 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 out of... he has to fight purples. Yeah, because out of nowhere, a shuriken comes flying out and pops the volleyball. And Kasumi catches the popped volleyball and is like, I must go. And then she runs away. And I keep thinking, okay, but why? Why do you want to go fight her somewhere? Yeah. You could just stay where everyone is and nothing happens. Yeah. I mean, your stuff keeps getting popped. Oh, shurikens are ruining this party. <laughs> Every time I get a drink, a shuriken goes into the bottom of it, and all my liquid goes out. My str- my silly straw is broken. A shuriken went through it. I got ice cream, and a shuriken knocked my ice cream off. We were over here playing cornhole, and a shuriken pinned one of the cornhole bags to the side of the cornhole table. Well, we were over here playing cornhole, and a shuriken... I'll just stop you right there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for stopping me right there. Uh. Uh, but instead, she goes off into a, a convenient bamboo forest and has a... Uh, fight with with IMA, which she wins. Yay! And IMA, she finally basically manages to convince IMA that like, hey, quit chasing after me. I'm looking for your brother. Why aren't you on my side? Uh, because fuck you. That's why. Yeah, that's the only answer she's really gonna get. But the other three are still playing beach volleyball. Then they set up their big plan. Uh, at, while the semifinals are happening, Hayabusa is gonna raid the big building. Uh, remember him? He's the dude who's like dedicated to Kasumi. Oh yeah, he's Who gonna just sort of like disappeared for a while and yeah. then showed back up. He's gonna raid a big building to get some details about whatever happened to Hayate. And Christy and Max want to get treasure, and they found a tattoo on uh, Helena. Helena that is apparently the code to get in there. It looks like Sanskrit, but it turns out it's just backwards Arabic numerals. Hooray! Uh, okay, and then. More fights and fights and fights and, and we this is the point where people start kind of raiding the core building of the of the island, you know, like Well yeah, we get to the semifinals. Like Helena gets knocked out by Christy, but it doesn't matter because we don't get into the finals like at all. No, we just get to the semifinals. The semifinal uh, finalists are Tina, Hayabusa, Kasumi, and Christy. Yep. Uh, Helena has been knocked out, but who cares? We will never see any more fights. No one point, ever fights anyone yeah. any, anymore. Well, not officially. Now it just goes to the plot. Beating up bad guys. So it turns out that the entire building is full of ninja guards, which is weird, because if, if everybody on the island is the best fighter in the world, you'd think you'd just hire some regular gun-having dudes. Yeah, no one on this island has a gun, and you're like, that seems like a bad plan. All of your guards are... Just going to sit there and try and bare fist fight people that you know are better than them? Yeah. So Hayabusa easily fights his way through a whole huge building and then is defeated by, I don't know, gas or something. It doesn't matter. We find Man, there's been so many times where I've been defeated by gas. <laughs> we find him unconscious. Weatherby, the nerd, the big nerd Weatherby, shows up during the volleyball party and hits on Helena, so now they're friends. Uh, and then he consoles Helena after her loss, and they're like, oh... Oh, Weatherby, you're so nice. Yeah, and he's like, great. And then they're attacked by sword people. By like 20 sword guys. Yeah, and 20 more sword ladies and all at once. Boy, howdy, do they win. Yeah, they, they sure win that fight. Uh, Kasumi and Tina and Christy, meanwhile, are raiding the office of Eric Roberts, and they immediately find their way into a secret chamber that leads them down into the bowels of the building. Yeah, and they find his secret recipe is a 
11 spices and herbs. <laughs> the herbs and spices kid. Let's just cut to the chase here. All four of the main the finalists get captured and locked in tube things. It turns out the nanobots are there because Eric Roberts has a secret pair of super sunglasses that can suck the fighting techniques out of people who have nanobots in them, and he wanted the four finalists to have all their powers at once. So he puts on some sunglasses and sucks all the powers out of everybody, but they still have the powers. He just gets the data. God damn. I was so very pissed off at this because... There's two ways you could have done this, and they kind of tried to do both. One is, while you are wearing these glasses, it predicts the people that you're fighting what their moves are going to be so you can get ahead of them. And that's pretty much what you see, but he also can do all of their moves. I'm like, oh, he's a super fightsman as long as he's wearing these sunglasses. Mm -hmm. But he didn't download how to fight. All the glasses are showing him is what his opponent is going no, he, to do. No, he downloaded how to fight earlier. He knows kung fu. <laughs> oh, good. Show me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I I would have been okay if it me. was. I'm I've got these sunglasses and I get the knowledge beamed into my head, and then he takes them off and he's like, "Now I know all of your fight moves, and I am the ultimate boss." I would have been okay with that. It would have been funny because he would have been like, "I have the powers of all four of you combined," and we, they'd be like, "So do we." That's that's literally the only power that we have when we're fighting as a group, is the power of the four of us combined. Yeah, but just the four of you combined as one dude. I don't just have professional wrestling or uh, assassination or n- shinobi princess. Well, then I then we have eight legs to your two. We're going to win by more by having more kicks. Yeah, we're gonna, even if you've got real good kicks, yeah. you can kick one of us, and then the other three will kick you. Yeah, he'll be like, I have the powers of all four of you combined, plus the powers of Eric Roberts. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, surely we are undone. He'll tell us to turn off our beeping machines. <laughs> and Eric Roberts? Talking to me? <laughs> uh, uh, it turns out that his plan, though, isn't to uh, to, to take their powers and, and then kill them. It's to take their powers, then open up a door where Hayate, Kasumi's uh, long-thought dead brother, has secretly been kept in tip-top fighting shape, and he's going to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, he's like, and now to test out my new power... And he beats the shit out of Hayate because he's got the power of predictive fighting. Yeah, he does the Sherlock Holmes, I can see how this fight will go, so I'll do it a different way move. Yeah, and then he gets on a big screen, he's like, you see, gentlemen, with my technology, you can be the greatest fighters. And I'm like, well, I thought you had the greatest fighters here. What? F- so you're just... <laughs> Sending to shitty but yet also rich fighters so he's who gonna, want to be better fighters but only when they're wearing sunglasses. And only when they're fighting these four people. Or and, people who have similar fighting styles to these four people. And only for hand-to-hand combat. It's not like it makes you like, oh, I learned all of these moves. It's, I can have sunglasses that help me kind of protect, like predict what's going on, but if the sunglasses fall off, I'm still just me. I still really wanted one of the dudes he was selling this stuff to to be like, ah, thank you, we are considering your offer, but it, fa- it comes up lacking to the cost of guns. <laughs> it turns out that being able to be a rad kicks man does not matter in this the modern day. <laughs> But instead, they all just sort of randomly transfer money to him, and he starts a process to transfer the, I, I get whatever the the data the is, the data that the, he has collected, yeah, to them. And then it's stopped by Weatherby the nerd. Weatherby the nerd stops it, and he also frees all of them from their chambers. And now everyone's fighting everyone, and oh, and uh, they they go off to steal the money, the hundred million dollars that was hidden in the Buddha head. But unfortunately, Eric Roberts calls up his associate Bayman, and Bayman is gonna go get that money. So Max, who 
went by himself to go get hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever, and now has to fight Bayman, but he's now cons- he can't be stopped by shoes to the nuts. <laughs> he's immune to shoes. He's leveled up. His one weakness gone. How could you possibly beat him? So he gets so Max gets knocked unconscious, then Bayman gets in a fight with all four of the, the uh finalists while holding two huge bags of money and he's still doing pretty well yeah he holds his own against what we have been led to believe are four of the best fighters and he got knocked out early then they all go flying through a wall and they end up fighting in that giant boot ahead tower thing from earlier in the film uh some of them fall to what should be their death but instead they're captured by ima who's waiting down below to catch anyone who falls yeah twice that happens twice. Because Hayate is down there and she's like, oh, you're alive. Now I don't want to murder people. Yeah, instead they catch people with ladders. And then, then they fight, they fight, they fight. Everyone else on the island has no idea what's going on. A big fight's happening. Eventually, there's a self-destruct that's going off. Mm-hmm. There's a self-destruct which took three computer screens to deal with because Eric Roberts starts it by going to one computer screen, uh, typing in a qu- code that starts the self-destruct, walking to another computer screen, confirming the self-destruct, and then walking to a third one and looking at it to see the self-destruct countdown beginning. <laughs> yep. He was like, well, that's good. That's good. Three computers. Takes three computers to do this. But I mean, it, if you're going to do a self destruct, you should have some, you know, built some in. Some redundancies. Like, you hey, to- you can't just accidentally hit a button and start the countdown. You've got to go over, have someone who's at the other computer be like, yeah, I meant to do this. Yeah, and you should at least have to say something like Picard 7 Beta 6 Alpha. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you need to have that kind of thing. So, anyway, they fight, they fight, they fight, 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 fight. Uh, and then eventually, Kasumi uses the power of acupuncture to. To paralyze Eric Roberts. Yeah, because he gets hit hard enough at one point, his glasses go flying, and oh, yeah, oh now, no, he can't predict moves anymore. Now he only has the power of an Eric Roberts. And one Eric Roberts is no match for six regular fightsmen. Yeah, so so six sexy ladies beat up beat him up real goodly. And uh and, and then, then everyone the whole gets, place explodes. The whole place explodes. The women have to dive off the tower into the ocean. The only people we see get out of there are the main characters, so I have to assume just Dozens of ninja guys and probably beach people got killed. Oh, we're feeling bad for Zack right now, aren't we? Oh yeah, what Zach's happened to dead. Zack and Jen Fu and and like probably Fang probably and, late Leon and all of them are very dead, including probably Carson Daly and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Carson Daly was and Sway was probably there. <laughs> They're dead now. I don't know what era it is. It might have also been Kennedy. <laughs> who knows? It could have been any number of random people. Downtown who- Julie Brown may have been there. <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Pinter, that that bald dude. Yeah, that yeah. could have happened. He went over to MTV too. Yeah, he sure because he was like the best dude. Eric Loader's probably dead. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> I like. Jeff. Wait, is it Eric Loader or is it Jeff Loader? I forget that guy's name now. It's Eric. The, is Eric Loader? He's the one who did the news for a long time. Yeah, and it and turns then, out he's a sex pervert. Oh, is he really? Yeah, I had no idea. I'd never heard that. Yeah, it turns out he's a huge asshole. Oh, that makes me sad. Everyone you know that has been on TV is a huge. I asshole. mean, I know Kennedy sucked after after she was on MTV. Yep, doesn't matter. Yeah, everyone. Carson Daly, I'm pretty sure, also came around to sucking at some point. Oh, of course. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. All right. Well, what about what about Jesse Camp, John? Please tell me. Oh, Jesse is a pinnacle of human achievement. But he's he def- a paragon. But he definitely died in the fire, though. Oh, right? he died. Yeah, he di- he exploded in that fire. <laughs> he for sure died. Him and all of the members of his band, Jesse and the Something Street Kids. <laughs> Jesse and the Who could give a fuck? Who could possibly remember a fucking thing about Jesse Camp? <laughs> I love that he's in, like, three movies because that was happening right as some movies were being made. Oh, yeah. They're so, like, hey, you're famous for being an MTV VJ. Come on and be in our movie, you drugged out scarecrow. Okay. <laughs> I won a contest to be a VJ. I was the dumbest one. <laughs> 
and now he's in a bunch of movies. Yep, there you go. He's got IMDb credits yeah. just for that. So a bunch of people have to dive out of this stupid pl- uh, island. They land in the water or whatever. And then Luke Kang and his pirate gang show up. The Luke Kang crew show up. And they're yeah. like, ooh, look, loot. It's our lucky day. And then wouldn't you know, they turn over Tina and she's like, Ooh, it's it's wrestle time. Yeah, it's funny because they're like ooh loot, and what they're pointing to is a woman lying on an empty raft. Yeah, ooh loot. I guess loot. by loot, what they mean is pussy. <laughs> ooh loot. Ooh, ten people floating. Yeah. Oh, finally, we got a bunch of hot women, and you know some dudes. The pirates are going to be into that, though. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely probably rapists. Probably. So anyway, that's she, the thing pirates do, yeah, right? So, so she beats up Luke Kang and his pirate gang. And uh, and then they take the boat and run away. And we cut to credits. And then we stop the credits because it's one week later. And one week later, the five main ladies. Our ladies are on the steps of some place. It's Kasumi's house. They're going to fight their way through Kasumi's huge army. Except the the guys that they are fighting don't look like the guards from the original part. It looks like the guards from the uh, the tournament. Oh, it looks okay. like the DOA guys. They're wearing those same like black and red outfits. Well, given that Eric Roberts definitely died in the fire because he was paralyzed, uh, you even see that happen. You see him sitting there paralyzed and not able to move as the fire gets him. Yeah. Uh, so these must be like from another DOA bad guy. Oh, maybe they weren't on that part of the island right then, but then they lost their job because DOA blew up. Could so be. So then the clan hired them. Yeah, and that I must mean, be it. The, the ninja clan, not the, like yeah, the, the clan. Foot, the foot clan hired them. The foot them. clan hired them yeah. to go steal TVs. Now the ninja turtles. <laughs> and it, the worst part is, even though they were hired by the foot clan, they can't go into that fun hideout with the half pipe because Zach took that over and he says no. He painted it green and he's just sticking his dick in it. Changed his name to half pipe, man. He's just half pipe now. He is a Ninja Turtle villain. He uses a skateboard. People and he's keep part. I don't know. Deer. Yeah, and people keep asking him if he if he's from that Weezer song, and he's like, No, that's hash pipe. Hash pipe. I'm half pipe. Half like one half of a pipe. Yes, like one hash of a pipe. I get it. Hash pipe. Yeah, one hash pipe. <laughs> So, anyway, there's 500 ninjas, ninjas or whatever, and then the five women with swords have to fight them off. And they they get into a sword pose, and then we cut to credits. And that's the end of that. That's that's as far as it goes. We get a few more CGI. Woof! DOA! Woof! <laughs> Woof, says the CGI. Woof, says me watching this movie. Yeah, pretty much constantly. A whole bunch of women changing clothes behind walls and curtains and towels. God, this was... So bad. Like, even for a video game movie, this was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. And again, it's because Mortal Kombat exists. Like, if Mortal Kombat didn't exist, I would go, oh, well, this was shit. But of course it was, because every video game movie is shit except for Super Mario Bros. And then you get the director, Corey Yuen, which makes sense. And then you see the producer, Paul Anderson. Oh, don't worry, it's the WS one, not the Thomas one. Paul Thomas Anderson was here. That's why the bad guy was played by Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> we keep getting close-ups of Daniel Day-Lewis in a lab somewhere. Bristling. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you win this fight, I'll come to your house at night and cut your throat. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I drink your abilities. I drink them up. <laughs> Drainage by Nanobot. <laughs> A promotion. Unfortunately, Can I get Daniel Day Lewis. I know to be Eggman instead of Jim Carrey because that's who it is right now. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I don't mind the concept of Jim Carrey as Eggman. That sounds fine to me. It's a full C- it's a full CGI movie. It'll be fine. Yeah, he'll do an okay voice. I mean, yes, Jim Carrey has ossified into a straight up weirdo. 
Oh, yeah. He is completely a weirdo, but I feel like his voice is probably going to be okay. Oh, it's fine. I watched the documentary that they had about him filming uh, Man on the Moon, mm-hmm. and man, he is just straight up like, well, I think I really actually literally channeled him when I was doing this, and I talked to his uh, daughter, and uh, I let her get closure by being fucking... Uh, and I'm like, no, don't, 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 don't do don't that. Don't do that. No, stop. What, what you did was go crazy. What he basically did, I watched the first episode of that Seinfeld shit, comedians in cars getting coffee or whatever, which is hard to watch because it's just Seinfeld bragging about cars for the most part. It's just him going like, yeah, I'm driving a Ferrari Testarossa 850, blah, blah, blah. It's going to cost a million, billion dollars. And then he gets picks up Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey kicks off what that show should actually be called, which is Sad Waitresses Enduring Comedians. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Because he's like making her hold a coffee cup while he stands way above it and drops like like juice he's brought with him into it and stuff. And he's just, it's just so annoying. And he's doing the thing where he sits in the chair all weird. Like he spins it around and spins his cap around and starts to rap real with Seinfeld. <laughs> you know, oh, it's the worst. Yeah, man. I think it's the beard. I think the beard has taken over his mind. At this I, yeah, point. he's probably got beard filaments going up into his brain. <laughs> Them beard filaments. You know, it's funny because there's a few th- performances of Jim Carrey that I absolutely love. Like, yeah, the I'm Riddler. not. Yeah, he was a great Riddler. He was not a good Riddler. He was an amazing Riddler. <laughs> you know what? If he was a great Riddler, then fine. But Tommy Lee Jones was not a good Two-Face. No, he was an awful Two-Face. <laughs> that was the problem with that movie, is you had Jim Carrey being a great, weird Riddler, and then fucking Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face was awful. Yeah, he's basically a worse Riddler in that movie. He's like, oh, I have the same personality as you, and none of my Two-Face stuff comes into play. The only th- way the Two-Face shit comes to matter is is, is for costuming and decoration. Because when we go to my weird-ass house with fucking Drew Barrymore and Debbie Mazar hanging around in it. <laughs> oh, that movie. Oh, that movie is so bad. Anyway, someone should put that shit on the list. <laughs> it's on the list. Put it on the glass. <laughs> okay. So, John, we got to do the favorites and least favorites. We've gone long. We do indeed. All right, Jeff, why don't you tell me your favorite thing here in the DOA? Oh, right. I, uh, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash's minor appearance is awesome. I love his uh, totally accepting of his sudden discovery of his, of his apparently gay daughter, and he's just like, yeah, whatever, you guys do what you want. Heck yeah, brother. <laughs> brother. <laughs> I loved his role. I loved his happy old dude wrestler performance. I mean, honestly, it's the same for me. I'm not even going to try and find something else. Kevin Nash was a bright, shining beacon in this otherwise garbage film. Mm -hmm. It was like watching this movie was just fucking tedious. Like, even looking at my phone and barely paying attention to this movie, it still hurts to be watching it. But when Kevin Nash was on screen, I was like, I'll put the phone down. Yeah. I'll watch this. Yeah. I'll tell you, the the weird thing is you would think that... A couple of red-blooded American dudes like us would want all this TNA flopping around on screen. But no, it just didn't. It was so annoying that it's it didn't. It's not even a well-done TNA. No, it really isn't. So, so yeah, that was a problem. So, worst thing in the movie for you. Uh, Narrow it down. I, I, the whole movie, John. No, it's fine. I got this. Uh, I'm going to say the worst thing in the movie is the fights for the most part. There's a lot. <laughs> is, again, the whole movie. The entire film, sir. No, uh, I'll, how about if I just go with Devin Aoki's facial, facial performance? Sure, that's fine. Move that thing around. <laughs> smile, no, you move it around a little. Smile. Have a question. Or, I shouldn't tell people to smile. I understand that. But in this case, the fact that it's frown. just... Frown. I don't know. Anything. Be quizzical. Quit being a block of wood. Why are you starring in this? <laughs> uh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that yeah. as, a, as an answer. Okay, what about you? Uh, Watch, now someone's going to send in a letter that she had a stroke or something. Like when we were mean to Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> 
You can't make fun of Sylvester Stallone's voice. He had a stroke. Well, he's fucking famous as hell. Get over it. He has so much money. He he does not care about me. He doesn't. He doesn't need to worry. But he makes fun of that voice thing all the time. So for me, I would say worst thing in this movie. I I want to go with the specific thing of uh, I was talking about with like the glasses of either. Oh yeah. You know, make your glasses give you powers or have the glasses be a super tech, but don't like I downloaded moves, but. I get the moves as well as predictive nonsense. It's just very weird. I also didn't much care for the fact that the four final fighters are just friends by yeah. the end. Of it. But within five minutes or so, they're just like, oh, we're friends for life. Let's sleep together naked. No, the I could also say that the worst thing in this is the fact that the competition is not a competition. It just seems like a friendly gathering of friends that are sparring. Yes, and every once in a while, you have to go fight. And you like can As put- much as it's called Dead or Alive, no one is ever doing lethal force in this, ever. No, not even a little bit. No. So uh, so there you have it. Also, I'd say I also really didn't like the sword fight scene with Helena and Weatherby the nerd, because it was so funny watching her have to swing at people like three feet from them and, and then fall down. Oh, yeah. It just nothing happens. You're like, oh, I swung at you. It missed. You go flying. All right. Uh, no, I don't. You missed me. Uh, uh, uh no, no, I have a force field. I definitely hit you. <laughs> I hit you and you're dead. I'm going to tell. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to give this a rating. We're each going to have it zero to five. It gives us the movie rating out of 10. Jeff. One and a half. The full por- uh, value of that is split between Zach and Kevin Nash. I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, fuck. I, God, I don't, I feel like I shouldn't go to one and a half. I feel like I should give it a two, but I kind of want to give it one and a half anyway. I'm going to give it a two. Fuck it. Fuck it. It's two points, one each for Zach and Kevin Nash. <laughs> uh, so that gives a three and a half out of ten for DOA, dead or alive. See it for Zach. See it, see it for Neil Armstrong. <laughs> see it for Neil Armstrong. Oh, shit. Buzz Aldrin off the top rope. Buzz Aldrin with a huge elbow drop. <laughs> That's not legal in the sport of moon wrestling. <laughs> He, like, jumps to do the moon drop, but he's still up he there. He just keeps floating. Ah, <laughs> oh, god damn it. I forgot about this. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's drifted into orbit. Never before in the squared circle. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there you go. Thank you so much for listening to Movie Mastery. We love doing this. If you want to support us in our endeavors here, we do have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash System Mastery. We are systemmasterypodcast.com. If you want to check out all of our shows, we have so much content that we put out. And of course, if you are a patron, you can unlock even more bonus content. We have so much shit we do, like fucking at least three or four things a week. Hmm. It's true. So you can go ahead and do that. And if you want to make suggestions, make sure something gets on the list for us to watch, you can go to r slash system mastery on reddit yep there's the big movie list you can post your movies there yeah and of course we're on all the social medias we're on a twitter and facebook we're on google gmail we're on g plus for some reason yeah well it's because we have a gmail account you're automatically on google plus heck we're on twitch which means i have an amazon prime account which means we're automatically on twitch prime good so we're everywhere yep we're system mastery on anything you could possibly want us to be on Mm mm-hmm and uh, we will be back in two weeks with some more. Hell, we're even System Mastery on your mom. 
That's right. Your mom's got a tattoo of System Mastery on her. Just check. <laughs> so we'll be back in two weeks with more of this. Go to the website. Check out our poll, because we'll be doing in theaters now. You can vote for what's going to happen. Right now, it's the sequel to Mamma Mia is in the lead. Yeah. But there are some contenders this month. Yeah, I know. But I feel like we're going to end up seeing that secret, uh, that sequel to Mamma Mia. That which secret my, Mamma Mia. My dad has told me is apparently heavily dog-focused. Oh, well, I think that's going to be better for me then. Yeah, probably. I'm going to be like, good, fuck it. Give me a dog movie with ABBA music. Sure, why not? <laughs> that sounds great. There's no rule that says a dog can't be ABBA. <laughs> no, there is. It's against the law in Sweden. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We'll be back. But until then, you have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>